Okay, let's get let's jump right into this class five here. Uh, basically, it's managing a disaster. What happens and how do we fit in? That's what this first part's all about. We're going to a little bit on San Francisco's emergency operation plan. So everything is going to go through the mayor. Um, he's got his op uh, office of emergency services, MOS, um, and all that stuff is supposed to come together over on Turk Street. It's called the ECC, the Emergency Command Center. Like I said, it's a dedicated site for disaster management. And that's where the ham radio base station is going to be. That's where they're going to have a setup. They're going to be communicating with all the different emergency response districts. That's where we fit in. We're going to fit into this emergency response district thing at the NERT staging areas. What we do is we break the city up into 10 emergency response districts. And each one of these response districts has their own little prints. And that, and, and that happens to be the chief of that response district. And then the NERC groups are broken up into the corresponding emergency response districts. And they're located at our fire department, battalion chief stations. Basically, there's a battalion chief there, and he'll be like the little commander of that district, you know, so far as we're concerned, in the fire department's response. We're going to have the ham radio communications people there. They're going to set up a little base station in, in that fire station. And they're also going to be in communication with the staging area in that district. This is what it, the big picture looks like. Um, basically, it's a little clearer than that. <laughs> it goes up on the wall. Uh, but it's the city laid out in these response districts. It shows you where all the um, emergency facilities, such as hospitals and police stations and fire stations and schools are. Basically, there's a map that corresponds with your neighborhood. And you kind of want to get one so you can find out where in your neighborhood to go. I mean, once you've taken care of your family, your friends, your pets, your loved ones, your neighbors, and if you want, you can go help out the rest of the people in the city. There it is, an open area free of hazards, um, neighborhood location for us to gather as NERT members, and it's a command center for NERT operations. It's our little NERT ICS area. And here's our structure. Same kind of setup, but sort of a, our version, okay? Um, command policy section, the planning group, they're up on top. And then once things get rolling, you've got your operations sections, logistics sections, intelligence, administration. Kind of the same deal. These are our objectives on the NERT team. You know, you want to identify the scope of the incident. You know, something big, something small, something we can handle, something we can't. Um, develop a strategy and deploy resources. If it's huge, we got to get word up to get more resources. Or if it's small, maybe we can handle it. How do we keep track of what's going on? Do we just remember it? No. Are we going to rely on our computers, our PCs? No. You got to write it down the old-fashioned way. The address, is there a fire, yes or no? Hazard, damage, are there people injured, dead? And the streets, can you get there or not? That's the basic information. Where, what, and any sort of damage, are there people involved, uh, can you get to it? Here's a NERT status sheet. Basically, if you send somebody out, you want to send the members' names, you know, what time they went out, when they came back, what the assignment was, any comments, and if you have an incident number, that'd be nice. Group leader, the assistant, who's the safety person. See, we don't want to send people out just, hey, go do this. We want to keep track of it, because if they don't show up, say, within a couple hours, we're going to have to send somebody out to find them or at least check up on them. And if we don't know where they went and who they are, yeah, you've got chaos. And they might be hurt, and they might stay hurt. Okay, we're going to roll on to disaster psychology. Um, what does that mean? That means basically, you know, when people go through a disaster, their lives are wrecked. Um, I saw this firsthand. I went down to, to help out with the Katrina thing in September. Um, 
it's it's weird because you know you're dealing with people have lost everything, and it's kind of hard to to imagine that if you haven't done it yourself. Um, basically, you know, she's looking at her curtains here. She probably hand stitched those things. You know, maybe they've been hanging there for the last five or six years. Now everything in the house is wrecked. You know, photos, um, keepsakes. It's a tough thing, and, and people deal with this kind of stress in different ways. Um, we as we as disaster service workers, we see it all the time, um, but we have a word we use is professional. We try to be professional around people that have suffered a loss like this because they don't want us to come and you don't want to go into somebody's house and be joking and having a good time and this and that. I mean, it's it's unprofessional. So when you're dealing with somebody who's had a loss like this, just think of the word professional. Um, that's what we try to do. This sort of body language thing here, you can tell that she's trying to comfort her. But you think she's buying it? Not, not without body language. You know, she's sort of, uh, she's not really buying it. And some people won't. You know, some people will never be the same. And um, like the thing in Katrina, I mean, some people are really good, but you can tell just under the surface, you know, that, that they're wrecked. So give them space, you know, try to be professional. Try to comfort them if you can, um, but some people won't let you. And don't take it personal. That's the main thing, you know. Just don't take it personal. Sometimes people just can't be helped. You know, they're not mad at you. They don't hate you. You know, you're trying to help them. They probably understand that. But it's, you know, they've suffered a terrific loss. And some people you can't help. But try. You got to try anyway. I mean, that's kind of why we're here. We want to try. Some of their feelings: disorientation, physical and emotional numbness, um, loss of control, fright, helplessness. A loss of trust or abandonment um, and anger. Some people are just plain cranky. I mean, I would be. You know, if I had to go shave in the Marino Middle School, I lost my house, you know, my cat ran away or something. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pissed. Um, team behavior, here it is. Be calm as a team. Be calm. You don't want to be excited and crazed, you know. Don't be systematic. Be methodical, you know. Demonstrate by example. If you're calm and, and you know, cool and under control, People will see that you're there to help. I mean, if you're acting like a maniac, they're going to act like maniacs. Um, pace yourself. Basically, um, you're going to reach a point where you've had enough. Um, <laughs> take a time out. Take the whole group. Have a seat. You know, away from whatever you're doing, and just just take a break. That was part of the things that they found in uh, Oklahoma. You know, they blew that thing up, and all the disaster service people were sitting there taking a break. You know, and they're, they're little. They work 12-hour shifts, 12 on, 12 off. But their break area was right across the street. So all the time, you know, they're on break. They're looking over at the building thinking they should be helping. So were they really getting a break? No. They, you know, they're just, take a break. Get out of the area. You know, don't think about it. Do something else. You know, pace yourselves. Emphasize teamwork. Okay, make sure everybody on the team is aware of the plan. And if you're helping somebody, make sure that they're aware of the plan. That's important um, because... Some people will just think, well, what are you doing? Why are you guys here? What do you explain it to them? Take a minute, explain it to them, um, and they'll help you. Usually, you know, they'll jump in and help. It makes your job easier. Rotate personnel as needed. People are going to get burned out. People are going to get tired. You don't want them to get hurt. You know, um, take frequent breaks. There it is, away from the incident. Uh, eat and drink frequently, and talk about what's going on. Okay, what's the disaster registry program? We talked about this before. Basically, what it is, it's a kind of um, in each firehouse, there's a list of people in the neighborhood around that firehouse and, okay, in that district that may have mobility problems, may have special needs. Um, if you guys know anybody that has those, get in touch with us. We can give them the form 
and you know basically have them fill it out. What they do is they'll put the person's name and address in a locked box in the firehouse. You know, and one of the jobs of the nerd volunteers is you know to go to the firehouse, get this locked box. They have the key, get the list of the names, and send people out to check on them. You know, for whatever reason, they might still be there. Tabletop exercise. What this basically is, it gets you to start thinking of how to prioritize the disaster and how you would send teams out to which ones, to which incidents you would handle. So let's take the assumption. Today is Saturday. An earthquake, magnitude 7.3 on the Richter scale, has struck 9.45 a.m. this morning. The quake was on the North Hayward Fault and was centered somewhere in the East Bay. It lasted 53 seconds. The present time is 10.30, 45 minutes later now. The city has widespread damage. Fire, police, and paramedics are overwhelmed by thousands of calls. NERT personnel are assembling in pre-designated staging areas with appropriate safety gears, tools, and supply. Your objective is to set up a command structure right, and prioritize the incidents. What is the first incident you, should, you, you want to respond to and why? What is the second incident you would respond to and why? You would continue this process until all the incidents have been addressed. And you have to always remember, what's the model of the NERD program? Come on, everyone, let's go. Do, come on, do the most good for the most amount of people. Of those who picked, party one. 35 people reported missing or are injured. What's the goal of the NERD program? Let's repeat it again. Do the most good for the most amount of people. So thus, what's the second instant you would go to? Nine elderly people. This is what you have to deal with. Once you've dealt with people, then you would have to respond to other incidents. Right? What is the, our, our, the mission of the fire department? Save lives, protect property. Life is much more important than property. All right, let's move on. So that we dealt with the people. Once we dealt with the people incidents, once we dealt with the people incidents, they will now do property. All right. So no particular order now. There's no particular. We're just going to discuss this. Right. A building is fully involved on in fire. All right. People have been reported missing. What can you do as nerds, as a nerd team? What was that? Rope it off. off Corn it off. What else? Right, good. Runners of the fire department, right? Do you have the tools and skills no. to extinguish a major fire? No, you don't, right? Notify the ERD, evacuate, assist the fire department right, if we get there, right? But you don't, don't become a victim. Smell a gas. What can you do as nerds? Turn it off the gas, right? And what are the three situations when you want to shut the gas off? Smell the gas. Something. Oh, yeah, wheels are spinning and major building collapse. All right. Muni over, overhead muni wire are flapping around. All right. What can you do as nerds? Always assume all electricity is live and hot. All right. So what can you do as nerds? Corn off the area. Tell people to stand, you know, stay back. Small fire is reported in the rear of a building. What can you do as nerds? If it's still burning, that small fire is now a very large fire, right? So all you can do is really notify each time, notify the ERD, evacuate the area, assist the fire department. Right? Five buildings have suffered heavy damage. Heavy damage, kind of a clue there. All right? Three of the buildings have collapsed. What can you do as nerds? 
Well, not quite nothing. Would you go in to search a heavily damaged building? No. You will... That very good. Notify the ARD, gather information. If you have the gas smell, because heavily damaged, shut the gas off. Right. You can do something. Right. Even if it means that everyone stay back. Don't have a, someone's trying to rush in. Right? Hey, I, you know, you're going to have your yellow helmet, orange vest. I don't, it's not a good idea. You know, that building was, you know, pretty heavily damaged. Uh, the person's going to, you're going to fight them, but they want to run in? No. no. You let them go in. I would ask them to do what, though? What would you ask them before they go, went inside? Can I have your name? All right. And give me a phone number I can contact. You're maybe next akin. And I'm saying, it kind of, is that kind of being cruel? No, you're trying to help them out because if they were rushing in, they may not come out. But at least you have a name, a, a, a physical description, a clothing description. Is that helpful? Yeah, it's going to be helpful. With uh, 9-11, right, Hurricane Katrina, and now with the centennial of the 100-year anniversary, the, the interest is definitely, you've got to take care of yourself, right, because you, we're not going to be there. So this is a, a por, por, portion of it. So the objective uh, is to apply the NERP principle to any sus suspected terrorism scenario. Uh, we're going to define terrorism using FBI definition. And we're going to key these, define the, the term be nice. Uh, we're part of the, the president asked Americans to volunteer to help improve their own community. Well, you're doing that now. Uh, you are part of this umbrella called the Citizens Corps. What's the objective for you is to prepare for natural disasters, especially here in San Francisco, the earthquakes. Right? Form and exercise neighborhood and workplace teams. Is that what you've been doing? Well, we kind of did a little practice right now. And you're going to respond to immediate needs in your area following a major disaster. Right? What about a possible terrorism incident? What can you identify here in San Francisco? Major metropolitan city, right? What are some possible areas in the city? Golden Gate Bridge. Right here. You see it right here. Beautiful sunset today. I was watching it as we got here. What else? The Bay Bridge. Uh, Candlestick. Monster Park. Major state, 42,000 will, will be in attendance on any you know, sold out Giants game. 62,000 on a 49er game. What else? Pardon me? B of A building. All right. Transamerica, right? There's just a major. So these are, those are buildings or that. But what else do you might think about? BART, transportation. All right. We'll talk about that. Hospitals, right? City Hall. And things of like that. Those are certain that. So these are possible targets of target areas, right? As I, we mentioned in, in any the whole thing, uh, whose safety is the most important? Point to yourself. Your safety is the most important. So when you're sizing up, what are the dangers? What are your capabilities? What are your limitations? Right? Knowing that your safety is the most important. Now the terrorism is talking about is no different than a natural disaster. You're going to respond the same way. Um, be nice is not nice. B stands for biological, N is nuclear, I is incendiary, right? C is chemical, and E is explosive. So B nice, this acronym is not nice. What's the risk we have here? Uh, on the bottom scale, we have a likelihood that's going to take place, and on the, on, from this scale here is the impact. So nuclear device. So think of a nuclear bomb take, taking place, right? Impact would affect a lot of people. Yeah, all right. High impact. What's the probability that a nuclear attack will take place? Not that great. All right. As you move on, as the season progressed, then add a chemical release. It's over here. All right. 
Likelihood gets higher, that chance that would take place, less impact, biological, and explosive incendiaries. George and I, because we're the arson task force, once every two weeks on the average, and sometimes, uh, sometimes two, I have two in one night, my last watch that I worked, incendiary, incendiary incidents that happen in the city. Do you know about that? No, you probably wouldn't know that, all right? So the, probably, the probability that's going to take place, yeah, I'm telling you, on one night, we had two incidents that took place. What type of impact? Would you, it, people living here in the marina, let's say, did it impact you? No, very low impact, but it happens quite often in San Francisco. Um, sizing up, looking at, at incendiary explosive events, um, that primary danger is obvious, all right? Uh, biological chemical radiation. Let me get back here. Can you see? I'm going to move back here. All right? Yeah. Um, there's biological, BCI, radiological events that may take place there, all right? Um, biological, you're thinking about anthrax, all right? The plague. Uh, we don't really worry about prairie dog colonies here in San Francisco. <laughs> all right? Botulism, all right? So these are possible set terrorism weapons they could use. Routes, you've noticed, we talked about it before, I'm sure you've seen that. How, how will these agents get into our body system? Inhaling it, right? Ingesting, eating it, or skin absorption, coming in contact with this. All right. Nuclear device, there's different types. Of nu there's nuclear, dirty bombs, radioactive release. Incendiary incidents, I kind of talked a little bit that is anything that's mechanical, electrical, or chemical device used intentionally to initiate combustion or start a fire. Different chemical agents, nerve, blister, blood, choking, irritants that are take place. Same way the chemicals are going to get into us. Inhaling it, ingestion or skin absorption. Explosive device. Um, we talked about the, the Department of Transportation having these symbols that would give you an explosive, explosive device that takes place. Um, some indicators in environmental. You're looking for any type of unattended packages or boxes in high-risk areas. Um, any type of explosion dispersing liquids, mist. Right? It's going to be a biological or chemical release. Uh, unscheduled spraying. This is key. Numerous sick or dead animals, fish or birds. Biological chemical release. So, any objects? Right? Does not seem right. Do you want to touch it? I'm not sure what this is. Let me jostle it around. No, no, no. Don't do that. Move away. Report it to the authorities. Remember that a cell phone, a call, calling 911 using your cell phone may detonate that device. So, obviously, don't use your cell phone. Go to a hardwire phone, landline phone, as we call it, outside and call 911. That's the key. And if us, what do we do as first responders? When we come up, do we use our walkie-talkies or radios? No, our standard operators do not use that. You come up and see something, you go to a hardwire phone, call it in, and give the information of that because it may detonate that using the radio frequency there. Members, we talked about, right? Suspected terrorism is a stop sign for you as nerds. You do not want to get hurt. That's what this is bottom line. How do you any questions on the terrorism? That's this by be nice is not nice. Kind of just common sense. Incident takes place. That takes place. It takes place here on the left side. This is called the hot zone. You want obviously will be in the cold zone. First responders, we're going to come up, start shooting their staging area in the warm area, and start moving to to get to the incident. You. Want to be in what zone? The cold zone. Uphill, upwind. Um, if you believe you have chemicals on your skin or clothing, obviously it's 
time is critical. Leave the area, remove everything from your body, cut the clothes, right? Wash your hands, shower, flush your body with water, uh, blot dry, and go to a decon center. Those are some that you can do, basic procedures. Your safety is number one. Uh, direct contact with treating victims can expose you to contaminants. So if these people are coming out of the BART train, right? It might have been exposed to something. Right, do you want to go and start touching them? No. Right? You want to, do you want to let them leave? You're trying to contain them because where are they going to go? Probably go to a hospital, all right, and then spread it on. In fact, so call 911, warn others about it. Right? Direct the victims to wait for responders. You tell them, hey, stop. All right, we're going to get help. Help will be uh, forthcoming. You're calling 911. This is just basic information you should know. Location of the incident. Is it a fire explosion? Victim's behavior. Uh, suspicious activities, vehicles, people. Right, this is a crime scene. Evacuation is not always the is that, evacuation is not always the best way to stay safe. Right? Sometimes you want to stay inside your house. So all of a sudden, chemicals dropped over. This vapor clouds coming, coming now, coming toward. And hit hit the Golden Gate Bridge, and the wind direction now coming to the marina. Pick up your battery, your radio operator, you know your, your radio, and it's hey, telling in the marina residence shelter in place. Don't go to your staging area out in the marina greens because now this vapor cloud will just knock all of us and put us out. Shelter in place. So that may be one of the one of your options. So choose a room with no windows, as few as possible. Pick a room with toilet, water, phone. If you have that large enough for family members. And they keep on talking about having pre-cut plastic with the duct tape right, to seal off that room. Um, have your disaster kit in that room. Have snacks and availables for kids if you have them. Right. Lock all the doors and windows for better seal. Turn off the HVAC. Heating, right? Ventilation, air conditioning unit, because you don't want to be blowing in or sucking in the the vapor clouds outside. Uh, fireplace, close the dampers, right? And seal off your shelter in the place room. Right? Keep on using duct tape uh, and turn to the emergency alert system. Listen to the radio. That's it. Right? Do not try to call the school. Try to pick up your ch children because you don't want to leave the area. No, you want to shelter in place. Um, Think about it. Some people own pets. Sometimes do not risk your safety for pets. Uh, in summary, right, it's unlikely that you are at an incident right, that may be, may, may be involved with be nice. Your safety is the most important. Apply the, the principle of time. Limit your time. Get your distance away from that in some type of shielding. And listen to the emergency alert system, your radio. There's a acronym that we use to uh, use the extinguisher. What's that acronym? Pass. Pass. What's that stand for? Pull and squeeze and sweep. Very good. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take turns putting out this fire. Now you can see that it'll make a pretty big mess, but at least it'll put out the fire in your house or something like that. So when we want to shut off electricity is when we see an outlet or something smoking, okay, or you smell that electrical burning smell, um, or if you're just not really sure, or if you do smell gas, and it's safe to do so. If I'm in a basement with this setup, this sort of raggedy old setup with the open switches, and I smell gas, is it a good idea to be flicking these? No, because there's going to be a spark. You know, the best thing is to sort of get out of there, shut off the gas from the outside, and try to ventilate 
that, that garage or enclosed area. These contact arrangements, these are one side and then they, they go into the other side here. See how they're in there now? That's a, that's a closed switch right there. It's, 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 it's actually a three-pole switch. There's three different poles to this switch. They're open, okay? Now they're closed. If it's closed, it should, you know, that's when you want to turn it on and off with it's closed and then open it if you had to. Okay, if you smell gas, you probably got a leak. And if the building's collapsed, there's probably going to be a leak. So those are the three times you want to come out here and shut this thing off. Um, it's real easy. You get your wrench and you turn it off. But should, should I, if I smell the gas for some reason, you know, should I turn off the one behind my stove? If you smell it coming from the stove, yeah, sure. Okay, does anybody want to practice turning this? Come on. Yeah. Here, have at it. Exactly. You got, and the only way to figure this out is by doing it. Um, yeah. This is a real easy one. The one at your house isn't going to be that easy. We have a wrench out in our building. It's out there right by. That's, that's required by law. It's not required by law, but you know it's a good idea. At my house, I have one of these these wrenches I bought at a, at a like a, a what was a garage sale. So. The scenario begins now. And, uh... Okay, I'm leader right now. Okay, we've got a victim here. Let's have volunteers, medical people, assigned people. You're medical, you're medical. Uh, cribbers, I need a cribber. Crib, you, you two are cribbers. Get that board officer. Okay, very good. So we want to make sure she's alive, right? Right. Yes, she's alive. She is breathing. She is breathing. We need a person operating the lever. Okay. Okay. That's it. The only thing you can't move is what I'm standing on. So everything else is free game. Here, use this to be the okay. Okay, I'm going to do this side thing like that. Let's have the lever person go in on this angle from this side first. Okay, and if one person is secure, the fulcrum, the hold, put weight on the block. Okay, you medical people stand by. I need to get in. Get on this side. Okay. We're going to crib on that side too as long as we have it high enough. Okay? So let's bring it up high. Let's bring it up high. Let's bring it up high. Secure the fulcrum. Cribbers, put the blocks on the opposite side. We'll do both sides. Another couple other pieces. A little higher. This head. Okay. Somebody's securing that fulcrum when the weight comes down. Okay, let's lower it and see what happens. Lower the lever. Okay. We bring the victim out. We pull the victim out. Yeah. Medical people take care of the victim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I lost the medical. Okay. Okay. That should that should stay put. Thanks for coming. We say we appreciate you being here. We know we're relying so much on you, right, to take care of yourselves. So because of the fact that we know we won't be there, that'll be so. 40, uh, 40, 50 marina residents, we won't, we won't be able to get to it. You'll be able to take care of yourself. That's important.